0: My name is Sydney, and I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive with me. I uh, I don't know where
1: the fuck that's from <laughs> or what it means, but this is our podcast, Canonically Incorrect.
0: And this is the Christmas season! It's December. It's December. That's my season to thrive. It's my season to live. It's everything that is right in the world is aligned. I am here, we have snowflakes and Gingerbread Men and Pumpkin Pie and Twinkly Lights and Red and Green and Christmas Movies and... (laughs) God damn. Okay, um, yes, hi, it's the Christmas season and I am excited for Christmas stuff. So that's what we're expecting today. Hello, hi.
1: It is Sydney's episode. I am just here to abide by the rules.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's me, baby. You keep my trash talking of the Christmas season to a minimum. Minimum.
0: That's what I ask. I do so much all year round. and The last thing I need is shit talk on my favorite time of Listen, year. Listen, considering that I can't mm-hmm. give you
1: sincerely yours. Right. And break your little heart this Christmas season.
0: <laughs> Although you didn't break my little heart last year. You just gave me the nutcracker. It was like right before you broke my little heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was right before you decided to smash my little heart to pieces. Tee-hee. But yeah, so we have... These last two episodes, and then we have our final Q&A, which we have been poor to promote. (laughs) Awful to promote. Yeah. So we have until, I don't know, two weeks, a little under two weeks when this comes out, to record Mm. our final Q&A of the season episode. So if you would like to ask us any questions, whether it be about fandom, fan fiction, the podcast, whatever you want, um, email us, canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com, or DM us you know we'll take it we'll take it anyways Mm -hmm. instagram twitter tumblr wherever is easiest for you we'll take it we will try and be as honest as possible (laughs) ask and we shall answer (laughs) but before we get into it Maya, Mm -hmm. my little chickadee my sweet prince Mm -hmm. (laughs) my sweet cheese (laughs) (laughs) my rotten soldier I have got a little fanfiction fiction news. So Martin Scorsese's 1973 mafia masterpiece, Goncharov, is re-emerging online as film buffs obsess over the tale of corrupted power and loss. Hmm. Have you heard of this movie? I've heard
1: of it. I have not watched it.
0: Okay. And I
1: think I've only heard of it because I've seen tweets and stuff about it. So, yeah, I'm, I can kind of tell where this is going just by the way that you're laughing and the way that you introed it.
0: (laughs) Um, the haunting theme song is on Spotify, mm. which is really great. Honestly, I think I could probably play it later. The poster, which features Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Gene Hackman, and Sybil Shepherd, um, against an Italian cityscape, mm-hmm. has gone viral. The film's love triangle and homoerotic undertones have inspired hundreds of stories on the fanfiction site Archive of Our Own. Mm-hmm. The catch is that Gorner Chop is not real. It is an elaborate Again, and convincing Tumblr of,
1: bit. I. I <laughs> I've kind of assumed based on the tweets that I've seen, and the fact that you were like, <gasps> you literally like, just, just, just your facial expression. I
0: couldn't. You were I just guess. like, I haven't watched it yet. And I was like, that's because it doesn't exist. Baby. I know.
1: <laughs> as soon as I said that, you cracked. I knew exactly where this was going. I was like, yeah. It's, it's Honestly, not I don't real. blame
0: you though, because I feel like if I were you, I'd be like, I wish this was real. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: also like, I get tweets and stuff
0: about films. Yeah, so I like, know. Yeah,
1: I've seen shit about
0: it. No, but, but even this is like your shit, right? Right, I know, this yeah. is right
1: up my alley. The
0: fictional film follows uh, Goncharov, which I think I'm saying right, a former Russian mobster and discotheque owner who gives up his life of crime to settle into the seemingly idyllic Naples with his wife Katya after the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. But in Naples, he ends up crossing paths with Andre, the banker Dadano, who becomes his rival and implied love interest. While she grieves her father's death, Katya meets Sophia, and they develop a close friendship brimming with implied sexual tension. Mm-hmm. There's also a dude named Icepick Joe; he kills people with ice picks. That may be a metaphor for mental health issues. Um, and there's also a lot of clock motifs. So I could literally I could imagine you just being like, "But I wish this movie was real." real. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like got, it's got Robert De Niro and Al Pacino oh, yeah. in it. Like, yeah, that's '70s icon. Yeah. So, I don't know if you've seen. So, that's the fun little done by Beezlebub on Tumblr. The poster. Very The commissioned nice. poster. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It says, The greatest mafia movie ever made. Winter comes to Naples. Martin Scorsese presents Goncharov. Honestly, it's really well done. I don't know how it's... Like, it's very no, well yeah, done.
1: Yeah. Like, that. that looks legit.
0: Also, in the caption under, it says... Gontrav 1973 directed Martin Scorsese, the greatest mafia movie, in parentheses and ends, sort of never made. <laughs> and then I believe, so the Spotify music is done by Karma Idaldio, C A R A M I A A D D I O, on Twitter also. Hmm. And it's a piano. There's sheet music. You could play this if you wanted yourself.
1: Very you good.
0: And then they put it on Spotify. It's also on Apple Music and YouTube. So,
1: honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I'm trying to remember like what other internet bits have gone this far. I I've lived through mm-hmm. that. Like I,
0: um, I remember in Sherlock. Uh, They created a whole character. I remember that. Yeah. And that was a bit that went on for that, a that really long time. for a really long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. God, I can't think of, like... But I can't think of, like, any other, like, Tumblr bits that, like, went yeah. on.
1: Like, I remember, like, the over your shoelaces thing. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, shit.
1: I can't remember any other, mm-hmm. like, bits.
0: Right. That Literally are, like... the only one that I can think of is that Sherlock Holmes one. Right. Were they, like, other people? They... They fully wrote that character, like, f- into fakes. and like It was a whole had thing. Had other people convinced that this person was in the show. <laughs> like, convinced other people that this man was in the show. So, the movie title, um, Goncharov, can be traced back to a years-old Tumblr post where a user published a photo of a pair of knockoff boots, but instead of a brand name, the tag on the boots read, the greatest mafia movie ever made, Martin Scorsese presents Goncharov, Domenico proka Procachat, Procachat. Pro- 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 Procazzi? I don't know. <laughs> Production of film by Matteo J J W H 715 about the Naples Mafia. So the user appears to have since deleted their blog, but in 2000, uh, 2020, another Tumblr user reblogged it with a screenshot of a comment that read, This idiot hasn't seen Gonjarov. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want a shirt like that. <laughs> this idiot hasn't seen
0: Goncharov. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. <laughs> so the fake film inexplicably started to pick up traction during the weekend of November 19th. The New York Times reports that Goncharov was the top trending topic on Tumblr by Monday evening, followed by Martin Scorsese. In the week since, it's made its way to Twitter and TikTok where the tag Goncharov has over 7 million views. All and yeah. I love when things like fandom-wise or Tumblr-wise overtakes things like the World Cup was going on in Qatar.
1: It's just like it's just like the Dobby reveal. <laughs> during the presidential election. Yeah, yeah.
0: There was also wasn't there something going on during like the January sixth insurrection too?
1: I think there was, but I can't I I can't remember. Was it?
0: I feel like there something also was happening during the time of like the supernatural finale. When like he was saying I love you, it was like also the time of like some crazy I think, political I, thing. I think
1: so. <laughs> the past couple of years have just been like really that was
0: last year i know
1: (laughs) i know trust me everything's been a blur Mm -hmm. since harambe got shot (laughs) that happened when i was like 14 i know oh my god you're fucking dying
0: i didn't expect you to bring up harambe
1: why wouldn't i
0: (laughs) I haven't heard that name since the war. (laughs) (laughs) Since the accident. So, the thoroughly detailed lore surrounding Goncharov has been a collaborative effort by Tumblr users, many of of whom have been keeping track of developments in an extensive Google Doc. And I actually will be linking the Google Doc so that you can read all about it. Add whatever you want. Users discuss potential plot points and other details in a Discord server that has tens of thousands of members. Across every corner of Tumblr, people are playing along Sometimes this means posting about fake scenes the way they would post about a real movie or shows they're excited about. Other posts are long meta-analysis of scenes that never happened and characters that never existed. There are also screenshots, aesthetic mood boards, fan art of the characters, memes about the movie, and letterbox reviews. People composed the movie's score. Someone edited Riverdale scenes so that the characters referenced the movie. And Eva Linda Linda Carter, Wonder Woman herself, started playing along. So the best way I said that you can enjoy Goncharov Is to make a Tumblr account, follow some blogs, access the Google Doc, and just let the internet do its thing.
1: Dude, I'm fully expecting someone to, like... (laughs) Make the movie. (laughs) Yeah. At this point... I've seen some
0: pretty great, like, animations already. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can't think of any other, like... Internet bits.
1: Internet bits. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of them within, like, niche communities, but, like... Not like this.
0: You're right. To the fact that people were like...
1: To the fact that I knew, like, I had heard it. Yeah. The name before and been like, yeah, I don't think I've seen it, though. Right.
0: And you're like a mafia movie, Martin Scorsese? Well, that's the thing. It's like,
1: I'm a, I'm a music major. Right. I'm a film major. No, there were
0: people literally being like... So this was actually Martin Scorsese's, like, first movie, but it never got picked up. And it just didn't get, like, the marketing that it need, Like, fully people... Committing to the bit, <laughs> like committing—that's fucking hilarious. I think literally even Tumblr itself like made a tweet that's just like, it's sad that so many people haven't seen Goncharov. You I know? did see
1: that tweet. Yeah, that's why I was like, <laughs> yeah.
0: hmm. like Tumblr, don't trust Tumblr. Tumblr is playing you. Don't feel too worried about keeping track of the lore. The best way to use Tumblr or any social media platform, for that matter, is to not let things too seriously sit back, relax, and enjoy the greatest Mafia movie that was never made.
1: Yeah. That's, I love. That's good. <laughs> I
0: love. Um, and then my second piece is really just a conversation between you and me, Maya, because I'm intrigued. And um, the newest Avatar movie, The Way of the Water, okay. is on the horizon. Yeah. 15 years after the first movie. How? Do, how are you, you are the movie buff. Yes. How do you feel
1: about I I like Right, it's still James Cameron. It's still
0: James Cameron, yes. Yeah, I like his stuff. Okay.
1: I genuinely do. Right. He's he gave us aliens. He gave us Titanic. He gave us Titanic. He gave it... like even the first Avatar yeah. is a good movie. Mm-hmm. It it like there's a reason it Sure. Did as well as sure. it did. Not just I don't attribute that to being like it's the it was the first IMAX. Three movie. No one gives a shit about that. Yeah. IMAX hurts everyone's eyes. Right. Doesn't matter if you wear glasses right. or not. It fucking makes you nauseous. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do I think a second one was necessary? No, Okay. not at all. The, 15 the story fifteen
0: years after the first movie. The
1: story left off where it left off, mm-hmm. and I'm perfectly happy with right. that. For some reason, some studio executive was mm-hmm. like, "We need, we need James Cameron. We back. need James Cameron." And I is it necessary? No. Mm-hmm. A, am I probably going to watch it at some point in time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to pay to go see it. Yeah. I don't feel the need to because it's probably going to it's going to uh-huh. be good quality. Right. I know it's going to be right. good quality. Is the story probably going to be interesting? Yeah, the first Avatar movie was interesting. Sure. I just don't have like a
0: mm-hmm.
1: strong desire to like go right. see it in theaters. Right. I'm but not going to shit on it.
0: James Cameron has Big, 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 big goals for this movie.
1: Yeah, he's not going to make them. Especially after all the shit he said about filmmakers (laughs) within the past couple of years. No. Um, He's fucking stupid for saying that shit. I'm so sorry. I love James Cameron. Yeah. Fuck that dude.
0: Right. Listen, we talked about in our fun little Patreon episode that we just put it out, our joint one, where we talked about more fandom stories. Right. You can like things while criticizing them. Yeah. So, criticize James Cameron
1: definitely (laughs) needs to, like... His ego needs to be brought down a little bit. And I think this movie is going to do it for him.
0: So I think in a surprising turn of events, it seems that some people have sort of figured out the success or failure of Avatar by using a sort of unorthodox system. Mm. And that is fan fiction. Right. So the literacy popularity of fan fiction, I think can tell a lot about the significance of a property, you know, And so that's why some people have used it to gather data for the possible box office drop for the newest Avatar installment. So I don't... If you have heard, earlier this week, James Cameron's he came forward saying that he needed to reach $2 billion to make up for the cost of the movie. (laughs) No! They did not
1: spend that much money on that! that. Um, How much money did they spend on the first one? I
0: don't know. But they made... Okay, so the first movie made $2.8 billion in total so i don't i don't know how much they the movie cost
1: yeah that's the thing is like how much did it cost fucking 15 years ago right
0: you got to take an inflation and everything you know so but he did say that he needed to reach two billion dollars to compensate that's for the production cost of the movie that's fucking ridiculous i have seen both takes i have seen my beloved jay nicholson say easy she loves avatar but i've seen other people who say i can't wait to watch this movie fail
1: i don't think it's gonna quote unquote fail Mm -hmm. i don't think it's gonna make its money back Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's gonna fail right you you're not to be you're the ones that decided to spend fucking two billion dollars on this movie yeah
0: and he was also the one saying like oh it took 15 years because we were waiting for the technology to catch up for this movie
1: uh bullshit but okay (laughs)
0: I'm just saying. I'm telling you what he said. No,
1: that's that's exactly what Todd Howard said about Skyrim six, fucking five years ago. Did I say Skyrim? 6? I meant Elder Scrolls. 6. Okay, Elder
0: Scrolls. <laughs> yeah, I was like, sorry. Yeah. So I don't know anything about you know the technology of movies, but he did say it took fifteen years because he was waiting for the technology. Bull fucking shit. To they had they
1: had that fucking ten years ago. <laughs> if you made the first Avatar movie right. fifteen years ago, fifteen years ago. What? How is the technology any different from then and now? I don't the movie, know. the characters look the fucking same, besides the graphics. <laughs> Maybe 4K. I
0: literally, okay, I, if I'm going to be frank and honest and pure with you, uh-huh. I don't give a fuck about this movie. Me neither. I didn't give a fuck about the first movie. Me neither. I couldn't <laughs> have cared. I don't care now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, maybe like some people care. I don't.
1: I do not care about this movie. I'm not paying to see this movie. I'm not theaters. paying to
0: see this movie. It's not happening. You cannot convince me to care about this movie. And the thing is, when I was talking to my mom about it because my mom and my dad went to go see the first movie. When Listen, it came
1: my out. dad took me to go see the first movie when it came out. Right. I remember it was three hours long right. and I was like seven. Mm-hmm. How do you think I felt? Right. Watching, my eyes were hurting watching the blue people. time.
0: Just absolutely just above Jesus you, large Christ. in scale. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, you can't expect... There was not enough hype and love around the movie for you to because there's been plenty plenty of properties. Like how long did it take for a second Incredibles movie to come out? But people still loved the first movie so much. Right. Like there have been properties that have taken so long in between, but because the first the first part of that was so beloved, people would wait for that second part. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Avatar doesn't have that. <laughs> Avatar doesn't have that. No, that's the
1: thing, is like did you ever watch Jack's films?
0: Yeah, uh yes. Just
1: like a little bit. Yes. He did this bit for like god, not that long, but it it was like name another character yes. from the Avatar series. <laughs> Beside like and some people would be like Jake and he was like okay, that's another an easy. One. One. Another one. Yeah. Name at least 3. Okay, and can you fucking I tell you, you can't.
0: I've done that to my mom, but for give name me um, a female character from Supernatural. Lilith. Another one.
1: Whatever the fucking the mom <laughs> from Zach and Cody, yeah, I can't remember their name.
0: <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like this yeah, is, you don't care. <laughs> like so. Anyways, I don't know. But anyways, people are getting information now from like archive of our own because that's what I was talking to my mom about. Of just like there's no legacy behind this. Right. Avatar has three hundred and forty-two works under its belt. That is like
1: nothing, that's
0: nothing. for a movie that was like as as like seemingly big as it was yeah to only have to have less than 500 works on ao3 as of today it it seems compared to other franchises it is evident that the series has not managed to create a legacy as others have mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know the other avatar that i think most people think of when you say avatar has thirty over 36,000 works. Harry Potter alone has 380,000 stories. Yeah. And Supernatural has more than half a million stories. Yeah. 342 <laughs> is... 342! Not- I can... Listen, as much as, like... The- Supernatural as a whole has gone through its ups and downs, and I think you know better than anyone that you will go the rest of your life constantly hearing about Supernatural. Yes. Because of the way that it, it is the yeah. zeitgeist yeah it is
1: people will always make references always.
0: people always. will always be making fan fiction people always will people be...
1: always make fucking star wars references always. people people like always say it's a cultural like it literally is a culture culture yeah it is a part of culture yes that is just what it is yes. now and i have to live with that
0: yes i swear to god i have a theory that like something james cameron and disney made like i think maybe it was because the second movie they knew was going to come out or something. But I swear to God, they made that like Avatar's Pandora and animal kingdom to create relevancy of avatar.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> to Are you fucking create
0: relevancy? Okay. I'm positive because like e- everyone that I've like heard of talking about Disney, they're like, yeah, the Pandora ride's cool, but like you've just, you've added that to create relevancy. For Avatar.
1: Like listen, the the planet area that they have where it's like oh it's floating. Like yeah, that's fucking cool. But it
0: never got the attention that like Star Wars land. Oh my God, no. no! Star Wars Land was like what? Yes,
1: and not to be like that. I love Disneyland. And yeah, I, I remember I went like shortly after Star Wars mm-hmm. Land. Oh, it's kind of shit. Yeah, it's kind of a shit <laughs> area. Like compared to, compared to New Orleans Square, comparatively, yeah, it's fucking garbage. Right. There's like hardly anything to do but over it's there. Star Wars, but it's but, but it's I remember I got goosebumps when I walked in there for the first right. time. I bought a two hundred dollar lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I did all that shit. Yep. yep. Never for Avatar. Never. They're like, make your blue person Sona or whatever. I'd be like, what the
0: fuck? Your Navi Sona. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, dog. You, can, you, would you like to buy a tail? You want one of these jellyfish yes. things? Ooh.
1: Ooh, no, yeah. of course people are gonna go crazy for like Grogu or something. Right. There's Even, nothing like, going. Avengers
0: Campus. Yeah,
1: that had so
0: much more yes. hype around it yes. than being like, whoa, Pandora. Yeah. What the fuck? So, surprisingly enough, Maya, Martin Scorsese's legendary mafia filth, Goncharov, has twice the amount of fan fiction, sitting at 609 stories. (laughs) Yeah! A
1: movie that doesn't fucking exist! That's
0: that's how you know. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. This is how you know. So, it is practically impossible to predict a movie's success, but with 342 stories written today, I could... I just... Listen, not even the Navi hair sex scene could grab fanfiction writers. And you know those people are sometimes the horniest motherfuckers. It that just, didn't it even just get like, a-
1: it kills the mood. Yeah. It's totally <laughs> gonna be up. A- I remember, like, God, it was, like, on TV or something mm-hmm. not that long ago, and that scene popped up, and I yes. was
0: like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you know me. Mm-hmm. Monster fucker certified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Signed, sealed, delivered. Uh,
1: that's, like, it was just like, wow, this is this is a boner killer. Yeah. <laughs> Like goddamn. Could you
0: imagine writing a sex scene so bad I it turns you off? I would
1: rather listen to Bat and have sex <laughs> than watch that and try and get horny. You know you what I'm saying? It also fucks me up. It's
0: 3 hours long. It's, I know I brought that up earlier. Sorry, I totally I spaced. I was not listening to you. For what reason, For what James reason? Cameron? You can't tell me. You can't look me in my little eyes. Is the next one going to be three hours? Do they have six hours? It keeps just <laughs> doubling the amount. You're telling me that you have so much of a story to tell that you have to have a movie as long as a you Lord of the Rings movie. You couldn't
1: cut out the two minute long like hair sex scene. <laughs> Was that really necessary? Yeah.
0: The length That of it. was plot relevant? If you give me a three hour long we
1: movie. We knew that they were fucking just why, how they were looking at each other. Is, we did not need to see it. I'm dressing
0: with the eyes. <laughs> if you give me a three hour long movie, it has to have the same cultural relevancy as Lord of the Rings. Or it doesn't make sense. Exactly. People will sit down. You sit down every single year yes. to watch nine hours of a, of a movie franchise. Yes. Yeah, 11. 11.
1: With all the extended uh-huh. cuts,
0: yeah. It has to be.
1: And that's because, again, Lord of the Rings is culture. People will always make yes. references to it. Yeah. Always. Uh huh. TikTok. There are still Lord of the yep. Ring memes that get super popular. Right.
0: What the fuck? Avatar? I've never once.
1: I only know Jake Sully. That's it.
0: <laughs> I know Gamora's in it.
1: Yeah. I don't know what the fuck her character's <laughs> yeah, name is.
0: Yeah. It comes out December 16th, so I'm excited to see whether it dude the box considering or not. stranger
1: what is it that did that animated movie
0: stranger worlds yeah
1: that just flopped
0: see but that the promotion for that was dog shit right they're promoting this movie up the ass
1: really yes i have not seen any promotional material maybe like.
0: i've just seen it on my commercials that's fair and then you see like when you go to movies they have like the trailer right yeah
1: i haven't been in the movies in so long
0: yeah honestly i think more than anything if they might be like you know what Maybe the $2 billion is a lie, and it's just a drum-up press for people to go see the movie. God, who fucking
1: knows? James Cameron has said some wild shit before. Yeah, I don't know. And he, you know.
0: He is what he is. All right, Maya. So today I have let you off the hook in terms of Hallmark. I've let you go. You had to sit last year through my extensive, sugary-sweet Hallmark Christmas movie story, and mm-hmm. I appreciate you for it, but I'm letting you off the hook this year. Because this year, I have decided to tell a story. Another one of my favorite classic Christmas novels. With... Characters from a show that I've never fucking watched before.
1: Okay, all right. So
0: today's fandom is Merlin. Oh, okay. Have you watched Merlin?
1: I have seen bits and pieces of okay. episodes. I've never actually watched mm-hmm. the show. Don't really know the characters or like what's happening.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't either. It
1: was one of the shows that was always recommended yes. to me, and I just uh-huh. never got around to watching. Okay, I never
0: got around to it because I heard it was canceled, and I wasn't going to do it to myself. Right. I wasn't going to sit that- through a
1: that show. I a- see. I had friends that were watching as it still aired. And they were like, yeah, watch it, and then I got canceled. Yeah. and then the same thing where I was right. like,
0: Ugh. I was like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be watching a show and then just being like, that was the last episode, that was it, you know, <laughs> nothing after that Gone
1: forever. Forever.
0: I I imagine that it was a good show because I remember it being in in like the zeitgeist, in like groups with like super hoolock. So it would be like four images on Tumblr, and it'd be like supernatural Sherlock. Doctor Who and then Merlin. And it was just like, okay, awesome. But again, I was watching all those shows because they were like continually coming out, but it was like Merlin's been cancelled. And I was like, not doing that to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not doing it. Um so I mean I know the basic premise of like Arthur and the Round Table. Oh yeah. You know. And I did do a little bit of research because this story, like, takes pieces and I was like, I don't know who these people are. I'm doing my best, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> It takes place in the course of, like, two days, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is called A Yule Carol.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Can you... I'm not going to give you the other franchise. I want you to try to piece it together. Okay. I think you will when I get into it.
1: Right. I ha- literally have no guesses okay. right now.
0: So this this fic I'm talking about today is A Yule Carol by Powderfly. It was started... Well, it was written um, in December 29th, 2018, so they published all four chapters in one day. Nice. Four chapters, 17,000 words. It is a teen and up rating. Um, fandoms are Merlin, the TV show, and uh-huh. another unsaid one.
1: Okay. So my question to you <sighs> yes. then is, I, I'm about to get the answer.
0: <laughs> is it Merlin characters set in a different... So it's Merlin characters set in the Merlin world, but the overall oh is a is a motif of a classic Christmas novel that we know.
1: <laughs> okay classic christmas
0: story so it goes in line with a classic christmas story in
1: i'm not well versed in classic christmas that's stories.
0: fine that's fine you might not get it if you don't get it by a part that i Come, I'll just tell you. Okay. (laughs) It has 11,419 hits, 809 kudos, 51 comments, and 134 bookmarks. And some of the tags are canon, time travel, after season four, Arthur is king, Gwen is not a queen, angst with a happy ending, non-graphic violence, mentions of attempted rape slash non-con, hurt comfort, first kiss, and happy ending. Very cool. Some notes I want to put in here. So, the story is a little bit different than the original in which like they the character wakes up every night instead of having it be all in one night. I left those pieces out because it was already getting too long.
1: Mhm. <laughs> so I, I was th- I think I know. What is it? That's the thing is I can't remember the name of the Christmas. It's about the old man who fucking Scrooge or whatever. A Christmas Carol. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, because yes. you were like the opening was like past present. Whatever. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I just want those old man pajamas.
0: Yeah, the little nightgown. Yeah, the, little hat. the hat. And he's walking around with his little candle. Yeah,
1: that's me. That's me for real.
0: Yeah. So it's a Christmas Carol. I love a Christmas Carol. It's one of my favorite. I just watched a Muppets Christmas Carol, like, the Ah, other day. It's great. I I watch any version of a Christmas Carol. I think it's a tale as old as time that is still relevant today as Mm -hmm. it was in, like, 1836 when it was published. It is still relevant. I love the Christmas Carol. I love the way that this was written. So, yeah, just to to note, there was, you know, Scrooge in the original Christmas Carol. It all happens in one night. But in this fic, Arthur, like, wakes up every morning. I cut those out for time- for you to go read something mm. i needed to make cuts i'm really sorry about that i think that's the only thing i just wanted to make that clear that it's just okay. like this is all not happening one night <laughs> okay <Yippee. laughs> um so yeah period of yule is arthur's favorite time of year he loves the festive atmosphere and the merry feast dozens of townspeople come together to celebrate this time of winter solstice but merlin his best friend and servant of arthur absolutely hates yule me and, you. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Arthur asks, raising his eyebrow. Because you always make me do twice as much work than a normal servant. Not only do I have to serve you like usual, but I also have to run around and help others with preparations. Don't be ridiculous, Merlin. You love Yule. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing more fun than running after you like a slave or standing behind you pouring you wine when everyone else is having a great time. You are melodramatic. So this is how today... And since I don't really know about their relationship outside this fan fiction, every day goes for them. I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm doing my best. King Arthur being merry and bright for the festivities, while Arthur, Arthur has to do the, all the grunt work behind him. Arthur gives Merlin another task to do and sends him on his way. He's not sure what happens, but one moment he's smiling at Merlin's angry face, and the next, Arthur is pushed from behind and falls himself falling down the stairs. And Merlin, at the bottom, watches him. Time slows down. Air blows in his face and dissolves his clothes. He looks down. He never really noticed before how long and steep those stairs are. Until now, that's it. He knows that even if he'll live past the fall, the injuries will be severe. Then he looks at Merlin. His arms lifted in Arthur's direction and his eyes glowing gold. All of a sudden, Arthur feels himself slowing. Rapid and dangerous fall becomes slow and secure. He lands at the bottom of the stairs without a single bruise. For a moment or two, he just lies there. He doesn't understand what just happened, then the situation dawns on him. Merlin is deathly pale. Arthur can't take his eyes off of him. He can still almost see the afterglow of magic in them. Arthur feels as if suddenly something shifted the world, as if someone just wrenched a rug from beneath his feet. He stands up. You just use magic, Arthur states. You have magic. Merlin's shaking badly. Arthur's never seen him so terrified. You know what the sentence is for using magic in Camelot. No, Arthur, please just listen. I don't want to listen to another word from your lying mouth. Arthur looks around and spots the guards before ordering them to take Merlin to the dungeons. Arthur tries to look Merlin in the eyes, but the man does not look up. You are to meet your death in the morning, the day after Yule. After that, the guards take him away. When his steps and Merlin's sobs fade away, Arthur finds himself feeling hollow. Overwhelming anger evaporates, leaving only numbness. He stops in front of the door to his chamber, stepping inside. He makes his way to his bed and falls on it. He does not remember falling asleep. So, Yippee! It's a fun thing I learned that magic is outlawed in Camelot. I didn't...
1: I know, yeah. yeah, this is fucking news to me. Yeah. I thought everyone knew Merlin was a fucking wizard in the tower.
0: Uh, I mean, like, we do because we know the stories, but, right. like... I, I mean, it makes sense. It they, does make they sense. They
1: banished, like, witches and shit, so, like, why mm-hmm. would a wizard be acceptable? Why
0: would Merlin be the exception? Right. Exactly. But, set up, great story. Arthur awakes with a start and sees that his chamber is lit by hundreds of tiny golden lights dancing in the air. Arthur jumps from the bed, grabbing Excalibur. And for a moment nothing happens before this will be no use to you here king arthur arthur is stunned as he looks at gaius the court physician his mentor and friend his robes look rich as they flow around him as if by wind his skin glows faintly and his eyes glimmer gold gaius what do you want i am not the person you know as gaius king i am the ghost of yule past why are you here I am to ensure that you will not make a decision that you regret. To make you see truth when you see lies. To make you trust yourself and your heart. Is this about Merlin? You don't want me to execute him. The ghost of you nods. What makes you think that I will believe a word you say? This is magic. It didn't do me any good in my whole life. And this is the one thing we want you to see that you were wrong about. Magic did you a lot of good. You just didn't see that. So the three ghosts in this one. Past, past, present, and yet to come. They all represent, like, a different emotion. Mm. I cannot remember what Gaius is at the moment, but present is supposed to be compassion, and yet to come is supposed to be fear. So they all take the forms of people in which he sees that emotion in. That he, like, ooh, okay. Yeah, so I think Gaius is, like, knowledge or respect or something like that. So before his eyes, those little lights in Arthur's chambers multiply until the room disappears and the only thing is golden light. Then as abruptly as they multiply, they vanish and Arthur is outside. Snow engulfs his bare feet and sun shines in his eyes. As Arthur takes a look around, he sees that this isn't Camelot. It takes him a moment before he realizes why this looks familiar. It's Merlin's hut that he visited all those years ago. Arthur crosses his arms. He doesn't want to be here, but he follows the ghost as he leads him inside the home. Inside the hut is dimly lit, curtains are closed, and any opening is stuffed by rags to keep the warmth inside. The only source of light is the fading fireplace. A woman, huddled in a thin blanket, sits in front of the fire. It's Merlin's mother, Hunneth. She shakes from the cold and glances at the door as if waiting for someone. Then the door opens, and Arthur's breath catches in his throat. Merlin, maybe fifteen or sixteen, definitely younger than when Arthur first met him, closes the door with a bundle of wood in his arms. He's smiling, blushed from the cold. His mother rushes to his side, relief turned to anger when she demands to know where he was. "'Mother, do not worry. I have wood. You will not be cold anymore.' He hastens to the fireplace, placing the logs inside and setting them on fire with only the glow of his eyes. Arthur flinches. His mother chastises him, knowing the punishment for magic users.' Merlin couldn't worry. You can't just use magic like this. If you will be so careless with your magic, one day someone sees, then I can't let you freeze here. I know you were worried, but I promise I'm careful. I know I can't protect you forever. In different times, it would be a wonderful gift, but with King Uther and Senred, I know you would like for me to be normal. I would like it too. But I'm not, and I can't just not use it. It's a part of me, even if it makes me a freak. Oh, my child. Don't call yourself that. You are special. One day you will find purpose for it, I'm sure. I'm just your mother, and I will always worry about you. And once again, the scene is enveloped in golden light, and Merlin and Hunneth are gone. Arthur is angry with the ghost, confused as to why he was shown this, and why he was trying to make Arthur feel less hurt, less betrayed than he is. And just to make him even madder, the ghost of Yule Pass doesn't have anything more to say to him than riddles. Allow me to ask you, then, what have you learned from this? that merlin lied to me from the start he had magic before i even met him and that makes it worse or better worse of course the ghost of yule nods his head slowly before saying i fear you cannot get rid of me yet there's still one thing i have to show you this time when golden light evaporates they are still in the castle standing in the great hall it is filled with people here as they participate in some sort of feast Arthur finds himself sitting at the table, and he remembers this as Yule from two winters ago. Merlin stands behind his past self with a pitcher of wine, as he always does on feasts. A wave of disgust fills Arthur, so he turns his eyes to himself. He is having a discussion with Lord Filbert about God knows what, but that is not what catches his eye. Lord Hemet, who sits on the other side, asks a question, and his past self turns to answer. It's when he does that Lord Filbert pulls a small vial from his pocket and discreetly pours it into the contents of Arthur's goblet. Arthur goes cold. He does not remember being poisoned that day. But more importantly, no one notices Lord Filbert's actions. No one except Merlin. Just when Lord Filbert thinks he got away with it and past Arthur lifts his goblet, Merlin falls at him, spilling the goblet on his way down. He apologizes to Arthur who sends Merlin away when the lords are visibly angry at him. Arthur follows him, something he couldn't do that night. Merlin eventually stops in front of a door. It's locked. After making sure no one was in the hall, he brings his hand to the handle and mutters strange words until there's a click and Merlin opens the door. Arthur watches in disapproval as Merlin searches drawers, wardrobes under the bed. He isn't able to find anything before Lord Filbert finds him in his chambers, accusing Merlin of stealing from him. I did not steal anything. Maybe not, but who will believe you? Arthur will. Do you think he'll also believe that you tried to poison him? You don't have any proof. Just like you. Who do you think he'll believe? Lord Filbert, quickly understanding that he has been backed into a corner, does what any man in his position would, and pulls out a dagger on the intention of killing Merlin. Yippee! But he doesn't know who he's up against, because with a quick flip of the wrist, the weapon is pulled from Lord Filbert's grasp, and he's pinned to the wall. You have magic! Merlin steps closer. He looks collected, ruthless. You will not harm Arthur. Why are you protecting him? He's a Pendragon. His father burned my niece at the stake. Her only crime was healing the broken leg of her dog. I'm sorry about your niece, but Arthur is not his father. Arthur is kind and just. He listens to his people and helps whenever he can. He isn't the type of man who would kill a girl. But what about you? Do you really believe that he would not kill you after he learns what you are? Merlin looks down once again. Tension is visible in his back. Even Arthur's heart stops. I believe that his choice would be suitable to my actions. Then you are a fool. You may think me a fool, but you will not harm Arthur. He has my protection. Arthur remembers how that day went. Lord Filbert left Camelot early, but he is not able to see it as golden lights surround him once again.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. Listen, it's stressful.
1: Oh, I know. Thinking <laughs> about the past can be fucking stressful.
0: Listen, I think it's my worst nightmare for someone to take me into my own past. Like I fully would yeah. put a
1: muzzle in my mouth if someone <laughs> did that to me.
0: I'd be I'd be like "kill me." If this is how this ends, I just end it now, you I'm know what? I'm learning nothing. I'm learning us. nothing from this. Cuz in the original story, it's just going back to your own past and you're like, "I get it." <laughs> okay? I uh
1: <laughs> you could have just said it to me or like printed it out. This could have been an email. We don't have to go there. This could have
0: been an email. Jesus. Yeah, but then like maybe it is because I have not watched Merlin. So, I do not know what Merlin or Arthur means by, like, magic has only ruined my life or whatever. Right. But, like, yeah, to me, of just, like, because the end of this night, he comes out of it still betrayed, still hurt, still, like, he's lied to me this whole time. I don't know if I'd feel that way
1: (laughs) about, like... I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I would. (laughs) So... I'd be like,
0: oh... Right. But, again, I don't know what he perceives as magic doing him more harm than good in life because i don't know this show i'm doing my best (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i don't even like literally seeing this and of course there's like more to these segments that i'm taking from of like his mother like freezing and like him stealing this wood and like you know him being like i know i'm a freak and his mom being like (laughs) and then like you know him Saving him—it just the fact that like he saved me from dying, straight Mm. up dying—is like yeah. I think I think I'm good. I think I'm
1: okay. Listen,
0: okay, so uh, I have been watching what we do in the shadows lately. Such a good show. (laughs) And they kind of have the same thing for when Guillermo like kills all those vampires (laughs) at the end of season two, and they're like he could kill us, and they're like we have his protection of just that thing of just like yeah. He literally.
1: He's doing what's best for you. Yeah. He literally doesn't want to hurt you. Right,
0: right. And you could be afraid, but, like, why? Uh,
1: (laughs) They locked him in that fucking cage. He did lock him
0: in the cage. (laughs) (laughs) They also locked Merlin in the cage, so it's just what you do to wild animals, I guess. I guess. When Arthur opens his eyes, he sees a familiar young woman. Guinevere. Welcome, Arthur. Nice to meet you. I am the ghost of Yule Present. Golden light showers Arthur before they appear outside the dungeon cell and curled in the corner, shivering, sits Merlin. After a moment, the door swings open, and Gaius lets himself in, carrying a blanket for Merlin. It is not the end, Merlin. You didn't see his face. He hates me. He wants me dead. This is not how Arthur imagined Merlin would be in the dungeons. He knows his friend. He thought that he would be angry or terrified. It's honestly shocking for him to be... sad. I'll talk to him. I'll tell him what you did to him, how many times you saved his life using magic. He has to listen to me. No, you can't tell him that you knew about my magic. It's treason. I couldn't bear it if you were to share my fate. Promise me, Gaius, you don't tell him. Arthur didn't expect this at all. Despite what the ghost of Yule Pass showed him, he didn't believe that Merlin had done all of those things for him. How many times had Merlin used magic to save his life? Then, after another m- moment, Gaius finally leaves, and the ghost of Yule present takes Arthur back to his chambers. What did you think of that? I—I I don't know. He didn't. I thought—is—is is it over? Not at all. <laughs> she takes Arthur back to Merlin's cell. He's sitting in the same corner. On the floor beside the bars lies a platter of food untouched. This time the footsteps are quicker and heavier. Gwynne barrels into the dungeon. A plan of escape for Merlin on his lips. Now hear me out. I can't just let him execute you. It's not right. You were with him through thick and thin, and now he just throws you away? I cannot escape, Gwaine. Of course you can. I can help you. Today at Yule's Fest, everyone will be distracted. I can somehow steal the key or... You don't understand, Gwaine. I am grateful for your offer, but I will not escape. Why not? Maybe I deserve it. I lied to him from the start. I had hidden from him the important truths. I even lied to him about my thoughts about magic. Maybe I had good intentions, but now it does not matter, because I hurt him. Maybe I deserve whatever punishment he has for me. I believe that his choice would be suitable to my actions. Those words are finally so clear to Arthur. All of the anger and hurt and whatever other emotion he thought he should have clears away, leaving only his most loyal friend before him. Someone who would rather die from his hand than to escape with life at the loss of his trust. How did he deserve such loyalty? Gwaine fights Merlin to change his mind, to let him do something, anything to save Merlin, but he refuses until Gwaine leaves him be once again. The golden light disperses the scene until all that's left is Arthur's chambers. I suppose I should thank you, Arthur says. I really needed to see this. You did your job. You can go now. I'm afraid I can't. There is still something you must see. Then the ghost shakes her head, and the next thing he knows he's standing on a balcony with a clear view of the courtyard and a block in the middle. His blood runs cold. Drums start playing. Arthur's eyes are pulled to the only location that matters until he finds Merlin flanked by two guards. His hands are cuffed. Arthur's stomach knots. He cannot be here. Please take me from here. I cannot. I'm sorry. When Merlin finally reaches the center of the courtyard, the drums stop playing and he's forced onto his knees by a guard. Then a voice, cold and harsh and nothing like what Arthur ever expected his own voice to sound like, rings out. You have been found guilty of treason and of using magic. According to the laws of Camelot, you will be executed by beheading. Do you have any last words? Merlin lifts his head to the other Arthur. He is smiling sadly, and it feels as if Arthur is the one about to be beheaded. I forgive you. What happens next is like one of those nightmares, when you can't run fast enough. The whole world moves faster than normal, and Arthur just knows that no matter what, he will be too late. But that doesn't stop him from running to Merlin. Merlin lays his head on the wooden block, a raised axe shines in the morning sun. Arthur is half aware that someone somewhere shouts something, but that does not matter anymore when the blade of the weapon comes down with a dull thud. Arthur, is assured the sound, will haunt him for the rest of his life. He does not notice when the golden lights take him back once more.
1: Gotta live with the consequences of your own actions. You gotta. Wait,
0: bitch, you're the king!
1: You thought you wouldn't have to be there? You're the one that gave the sentencing.
0: I think his thought would be, like, it would have been easier if he still feel- filled with anger and rage. Ah. Like, it is just easier if you were filled with rage of seeing, like, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> right. You know have you been, yeah. like, so angry at someone that you're like, I'd see them dead in a heartbeat. Oh, right I- now. Dude-
1: you're talking to me. Yeah. With the week that I've had.
0: Yeah. I'd see them dead now, in a heartbeat, hundred percent. But like now that like there is compassion there and there is like, oh wow, I fucked up. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Of just like, yeah, fucked up scene, you know what I mean? Tee-hee. 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 Just a little just a little fuck just up. A, just a little mental illness. Just a little, you know, PTSD for you to take with you in your life. She said, mm, you gotta look through everything. You want this to be your present? I'll show you your present. Right now, baby. Right now. Get it. When Arthur opens his eyes to see that the ghost of Yule present has vanished, and in her place is a man Arthur never thought and never wanted to see again. Uther, the former king of Camelot, and his father. Remember, this is the one that's supposed to represent fear.
1: Very cool.
0: Why do you people take the form of people I know? Can't you just show yourselves? Our real forms do not belong in the mortal world so then who are you i am the ghost of yule yet to come but it's unnecessary i'm not going to execute merlin surely there is nothing in the future that you can show me to make the prospect of his demise any more unwanted as far as i'm concerned nothing has changed excuse me you wallow in self-pity You were cowardly, avoiding problems instead of facing them. It is because of this attitude that you didn't even want to hear any explanation before you passed your judgment. It is why you would rather see your friend dead than face the fact that you were wrong and to blame. Now let me show you where this attitude could take you. And before Arthur can even get a word in, he's encapsulated in light. When it disappears, he's in his room. There are a few differences, though. Sunlight streams through the curtains into a neatly cleaned chamber, cleaner than they ever were under Merlin's service. And in a bed, Arthur lays. He doesn't look much older, maybe two or three years. There's a new wrinkle between his brows and a couple of days' stubble, but that's all. After a moment, the door opens, and Arthur doesn't recognize the person who sets food on the table and opens the curtain. The servant makes himself useful as Arthur watches himself go to the table. That Arthur takes the plate and throws it to the floor. The plate shatters and the food litters the floor. The servant flinches, clearly terrified of King Arthur. In fact, he's terrified the entire time he dresses Arthur. Our Arthur stares with bewilderment. Is this really him? There were times where he was rude to servants while in a bad temper, but he was never that bad. He follows his future self through his daily tasks, Arthur can't help but notice everyone who he passes lower their eyes, stop chattering. In fact, no one speaks to him. And they were all grim expressions when he passes. See, this is where I get fucked up. I think, specifically, I know I was bad in the past. Mm. But I never got to watch me be bad. Like, me be an awful person. Okay. So, like, that realization of, like... Because I know I was a piece of shit in high school. (laughs) I acknowledge that. I was awful in high school. Mm -hmm. I was just like a bad person. But I never got to watch me be a bad person to other people. Right. That would fuck me up. Indefinitely. I think
1: that would fuck anyone up. (laughs) Just in general. As long as they have the emotional intelligence. I was going to
0: say. I was like, if they've changed as a person. Right. Right. If they're still the same, they're like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. they, They still justify themselves.
0: Yeah. So the idea of like seeing yourself act in a certain way, you're like, whoa um hey buddy what happened what's going on Mm -hmm. why are we acting like this it only gets worse when arthur takes a seat at the round table sire you haven't made any preparations for yule's fest sir we are also not going to celebrate it this year we are not going to celebrate yule ever again but the tradition of celebrating yule is centuries old surely you are not serious silence as long as I am the king, there will be no more celebration of Yule. This is my final word. This is like when they, they banned dancing and Footloose.
1: This is exactly like when they banned. This is. You're so true, Queen. Also, Guess what? when they
0: banned singing in The Little Mermaid 3. I never watched it, but. They banned god. music. Because music killed his wife.
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> What's that, Trolls? When dancing killed yeah. my grandma!
1: No, singing.
0: singing because killed- singing killed oh my, my grandma!
1: Thank you, Justin Timberlake, for that.
0: Yeah, this is like when they banned dancing (laughs) (laughs) in Footloose. Arthur tunes them out as they continue their meeting. No matter how hard it is for him to imagine this version of him, it is. He remembers feeling angry and betrayed. And this would be his future if the ghost didn't appear in his chambers. Because he would follow through with the execution and become this cold-hearted man. He would have killed Merlin. And then this part is rough. Because Earth Arthur is whisked away um, to the throne room to meet a woman who had killed a man who was attacking her, you know. Okay. And she killed him using magic. Uh-huh. So our Arthur is relieved for a moment, knowing that he would never turn this scared and beaten woman away. Instead, he sentences her to death for using magic. Thanks. You cannot do this. This isn't right. She used magic, Sir Gawain. There is only one sentence for it in the Camelot Law. As if you a king cannot bend or change those laws I cannot sir Gwaine as a king of Camelot I have to be an example for the rest of the citizens yeah and you're doing great work with it I beg your pardon as if you don't know you have become a cruel and selfish ruler I am just stricter for the good of the kingdom you completely abandoned your moral code you believed everyone is equal and now you're the most important I am the most important I'm the king you are not merely the king you are arrogant and self-centered you used to be respected for your compassion and wisdom now your people are scared of you i was weak i was making poor decisions and trusting the wrong people i will never be so blind ever again comes back to merlin don't you say his name but it's true you think that he betrayed you but you are wrong he was never against you. You know why I'm still here, securing your ass? Because before he died, he made me swear to protect you. You were hurt that he didn't tell you about his magic? I get it. But you know why he did not? Because you could fucking kill him. And guess what? You did. Arthur grabs Gwen's collar and forcibly pushes him against the wall. His head bounces against it. Arthur unsheathes his sword and points its blade at the knight's throat. Say another word, and you will join the witch tomorrow at stake. Do you understand? Yes, sire. Golden Light transforms them to his chamber, Arthur hopes, for the last time. He leans against the table after the strength leaves his legs. His heart hammers madly against his ribs, because no matter how badly he wants to deny it, that was him. Arthur looks up, expecting to see Uther, and instead, he sees himself. That's fascinating, isn't it, the ghost of yet to come says. I'd never heard of the shape changing during Vision. Now it looks like the person you are most afraid of is yourself. The realization hits him so hard it drags him to the chair. Yes, he is afraid. Afraid of being someone he does not want to be. Of disappointing people he cares about. Gaius, Gwen, Gwen, there's a lot of G's, Merlin. (laughs) Didn't you want to make your father proud? Don't you think this is what he wanted? Yes, I wanted him to be proud of me, but not against everything I believe in. I didn't always agree with him, and I don't want to be the same king as him. I'm not my father. I am my own person and my own king. So let's go, Arthur Pendragon. Be a king this land. His
1: last name is Pendragon?
0: Pendragon. Just that's like where. <laughs> yeah, that's where um Berkeley gets her username from. Mm-mm. Merlin, not Howl. <laughs> <Fair laughs> Everyone enough. thinks it's Howell's movie dragon, though um yeah because that's a sleigh that is the ultimate pen dragon yeah that is i think we all can agree that is the ultimate pen dragon yeah yeah but this one is also a pen dragon yes 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 arthur's bleary eyes open this time there are no golden lights and there are no ghosts he sits up and groans the curtains are open and a platter of food lies on the table he stands and moves close to it he avoids the food but takes the goblet of water beside it and swallows it at once After he takes a couple breaths to center himself, he realizes that he's late. Already panicking, he composes himself, realizing that they cannot start without the king. Despite this, he dresses himself with a bundle of nerves in his stomach. He makes his way to the balcony, the same balcony he watches himself put Merlin to death at. But he is not that Arthur. He will not allow that to be his present, and he definitely won't allow that to become his future. The drums start. Arthur watches as guards lead Merlin towards the center of the courtyard where his fate awaits. He bows his head. Everything that is happening before has already happened, but this time, it's real. There is no waking up from a dream after today. Drums stop playing. They push Merlin onto his knees, and Arthur winces. I have an announcement to make, he says, loud and clear. Help this man stand up and take off his cuffs. The guard is shocked, confused, surprised, but he complies to the king's wishes and removes the cuff from Merlin's wrists. The crowds around them chatter and gossip, but that doesn't make Arthur waver. This man is a sorcerer, and he was going to die today, because magic is outlawed in Camelot. Through the years there were many like him. Many have died here, in the same spot he stands, but not all. Some still are alive, hiding. They see what awaits them if they are not careful. What awaits those who are not lucky it can be a woman who protects herself a girl who heals the broken or a man who rescues his friend so they stay hidden some are scared and lonely some are angry and vengeful regardless they have all had enough we all want to make the world better even the king of camelot everyone deserves to be free if they do not mean harm those people, those sorcerers and sorceresses, deserve the same freedoms. This is why, as of today, I, the King of Camelot, am repealing the ban of magic. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> oh my god. Boy, what day is it today? It's Christmas, sir! <laughs> I am not late then! <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> wow every person falls silent who knows what emotions their face holds shock anger relief but none of them matter arthur looks at merlin whose own face carries the confusion of a man who isn't sure if this is reality or a dream arthur doesn't waste another moment before leaving the balcony and heading to his chambers sure that merlin would meet him there it is empty when he arrives he waits far too long before someone slowly opens the door arthur straightens as merlin enters he freezes when their eyes meet. They're quiet for a while. It's here, when Merlin is close, that Arthur sees that his skin is paler than usual. His cheekbones are sharper, he has dark circles under his eyes, and his lips are cracked. And he, refers, and he refuses to look at Arthur, as if he expects him to throw him back in the dungeons again. I thought you hated me. I'm sorry, Merlin, I would never hate you, not truly. I was just so hurt and angry. I know it's not an excuse. If it wasn't, I i almost killed you. It's okay. No, you don't understand. I would have killed you. I know it. And I would have become a horrible, horrible man. If it wasn't for the ghosts. you would be dead right now. The ghosts. Another tale for another day. More importantly, you forgive me? Of course I forgive you. The sound of knocking on the door makes them jump. Sire, your presence is asked in the council chamber. Thank you, Leon. I will be there shortly. Arthur looks at Merlin cautiously. Seems like I have a lot of work on my hands. Would you help me? Always. And that is the you'll care about patterfly. <laughs>
1: Thank you for clarifying <laughs>
0: Great Yippee. So great. Honestly. It's a baller motif. Charles Dickinson got it right. Oh, Charles Dickinson always. Yeah. <laughs> he always got it right. But like that one specifically. Yeah. Damn. He really slayed. He really honestly did. He was serving cunt. Honestly, the fact that like the Christmas Carol, I think it was written in 19, 19- 1834. So it's almost like we're 10 years away from 200 years after this has been so written. Easy. Still relevant. Yeah. I mean. have we not changed as people? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I love how they adapted it i love the way that it was written mm-hmm. love i honestly just yeah you can make anything i love watching all of the christmas carols adaptation i love like the original one even the scary one with jim carrey i enjoy <laughs> <laughs> i love jim carrey yeah but that one's horrifying yeah no that's fair <laughs> that one's fucking the ghost of like the future
1: no, I, i'm fully aware yeah that
0: one's terrifying mm-hmm. that one's like so I'll walk myself into the grave, actually, and leave me here. <laughs> I don't want to see you ever again.
1: Again, just put the muzzle in my mouth already. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do it.
0: I just please, for the love of God. My favorite one is A Muppet's Christmas Carol well That's fair. That one's top notch.
1: <laughs> God, what? which Muppet movie were my parents? The one with Billy Bones.
0: Billy Bones? Yeah, it's literally just this
1: one, this one dude at the very, I think it's, I think it's the one where they're pirates.
0: Okay. Treasure yeah. something. Treasure Island? Yeah.
1: And there's this one Muppet at the beginning of the movie, he's like blind and he walks uh-huh. in the bar and he's like, where's Billy Bones? <laughs> and it's like a thing we say in my household. Nice. Like, we've just said it for nice. you because this one fucking, <laughs> literally for like less than one minute, uh-huh. he's in this entire movie. Where's Billy Bones? And we're all just like, Billy Bones, <laughs> where
0: is he? My favorite one of all time of the Muppets one is the Wizard of Oz one. For the singular line of when the scarecrow, like Gonzo, I think, walks up to the tin man and Mm. he goes, like, what are these? And he goes, my nipples. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, starts twisting up. He's like, what are these? And he's like, my nipples. Oh, my God. And he's just like. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. I
1: will say, I do have Manner Muppet. I have all of the words and all, like, I know both harmonies to that song. Period. Like, if someone else Mm -hmm. sings the other part, I will sing the other part with them. Yeah. Like, that's just who I am. Yeah. That's, That's a core personality trait for me.
0: <laughs> it's um Jack Black. Am I am a Muppet or am I a man?
1: That's about it right now. <laughs> those
0: are yeah. Those are core personality traits. You know, like an in Inside Out where they have like core. Yeah. One ball is just Jack Black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One ball is Nacho Libre, <laughs> and the other is <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Am I a Muppet or am I a man? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the song, you know, in that movie too, where it's like, it's like a song that gets stuck in your head and it just plays all the time. It is just, am I a Muppet or am I a man? Yeah. But only one part of it because you're waiting for your second half. But yeah, I just watched the Muppets Christmas Carol. And honestly, the way that they like infuse like humor into it in the original tale they have bob morley obviously who like comes to him it's like you will be visited by three ghosts tonight and i am your business partner and i did bad things and Mm -hmm. i stole from the poor and so now i'm in shackles and you will be here too if you don't change your life they obviously like get rid of him in the fic that i just read but in the muppets one they have it as those two old fuckers that are just i love them um bob oh. and cratchit oh, i
1: fucking love them <laughs> so they're just they're both so there so
0: funny and they're just sitting there and like yeah we stole from the poor do you remember that one time they're we burned like, the orphanage down to dude they're money? like my favorite muppet <laughs> ever they're, they're so, so fucking cute. funny and i'm like damn this is the that's best. exactly what old white men do yeah they're like remember the time that we burned the orphanage down for insurance and then we left them all on the street during christmas it's so funny <laughs>
1: If that ain't me, that's another core personality.
0: That's too fucking... Yeah. That's too old muffins yeah. that just sit here and, like, shut the fuck up! Yeah.
1: Get off the stage! Get off the stage! It's
0: so... That's so funny. That one is the best. If you have Disney+, Plus, watch it. Fuck yeah. But yeah, I adore a christmas carol i was like thinking about it because i was like damn i'm not gonna put Maya through another hallmark one that's wrong of me personally. Um, i still would have
1: sat through it i know you
0: would have but i was just like also i don't think every single year i should be doing a hallmark christmas movie one nah. so i was like what are other ones there and so i just looked up like that's why the fandom was like merlin and the christmas carol because i just looked up like christmas carol mm. ones and they're just and i was like this is perfect give this to me give it to me right now nice thank you i don't know anything about merlin but i'll do my best
1: Fuck yeah <laughs>
0: that's what i'm doing you but i know everything about the christmas carol so here i am hee. yeah it was just it was very it was very creative i will say in the ways that they like
1: mm-hmm.
0: made it different by like having it be through merlin's point of view and like um not having like him become the bad person because like yeah it's not gonna help Arthur to go back to his own past and like see him he's just gonna be like yeah (laughs) sure or even just like seeing watching him be beheaded because that changes a person watching your best friend be beheaded in front of you yeah that'd change me yeah that would that would change me as well that's just like yeah no shit (laughs) I was like literally even if I did hate him I don't want to watch that ever again I like I refuse I don't want to watch that happen ever again <laughs> Straight up, and then just like his daddy at the end, being like, "You selfish ass motherfucker," and it's just like, "Okay, yes, sir. Uh, okay, thank you, God. Jesus fucking Christ." I will say though, nothing is scarier than just having the ghost of Christmas yet to come be just completely silent. That's why that fucking Jim Carrey one is terrifying. That man is silent. That I know. Entire it's one. So fucking. It's horrified. Listen,
1: I can't even imagine the shit that all three of them would put me through. It would ruin my Christmas, actually. I can't even imagine. It would ruin my Christmas, actually. Well, out of the two of us, who's getting put through that? It's fucking me, (laughs) bitch.
0: I think, no, because you're not, first of all, neither of us, because we're not bad people.
1: (laughs) Sometimes I wonder.
0: You're not a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) You're not, like, Scrooge McDuck bad. You know what I mean?
1: I love that you said Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Because that's... Anyways. (laughs) anyways
0: <laughs> yeah you just you know you know what i mean yeah <laughs> no
1: i know you're like your actions-
0: is, is not a bad <laughs> no i know <laughs> i just did the disney i know one no, i know i know, I know. <laughs> but like your actions are not like killing a disabled tidy Tim. do you know what i mean
1: <laughs> right Yikes. but yeah
0: that would fuck me up like in- truly even just like seeing my future at all i think would fuck me up right whether it be good or bad i'm like i don't need i, I- don't you don't, don't need to do that. You don't need to do this to me. You don't to need
1: me. to do that. Thank you
0: so much. I don't need this to happen to me right now. I don't need to see my past. No. I surely don't need to see my present. Fuck no. I just lived through that. We're good. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm
1: truly okay. I'm
0: truly fine with never- I'm trying to actively forget it, actually, as we speak. Truly, thank you. And then I don't want to see my future. You can just go fuck off, actually.
1: No, mm-hmm. so thank
0: you. So, Charles Dickens did it. First try. There's nothing left for the girlies out there. There is just a Christmas Carol. I There's I a- like. I realized how much I like loved the Christmas Carol again because I was like, damn. You know what? The Christmas Carol is good. <laughs> There's a reason why they do this shit every year. Every fucking year. Every God. fucking year. They're like generosity, and that's what my dad's taught me my whole life. Generosity, especially during the holiday season. Mm. It's just what I've lived with. It's just like generosity as much as you can, and it's just like yeah. I will not become a gr- crutchety old white man who says "Bah humbug" to Christmas. I, you know, there's still time. No. Thank you for listening to another episode of Canonically Incorrect. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and Tumblr. You can send us your fan fiction recommendations, or if you're a fan fiction author that would like to be on our show, email us at canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, you can donate a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash canonicallyincorrect. <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon monthly at patreon.com slash canonicallyincorrect. Thank you to our Patreons at Tumnal River and Riley C. for your continued support. Donate to three, And we'll see you guys next time! Bye! Bye.